0: Welcome to Shadow Life. On this episode of The Roman Files, like mentioned before, a few things that kept Roman from becoming a statistic was the fact that he was almost 17 and his street cred, his rap sheet, being charged with armed robbery and assault with a deadly weapon, that he had pistol whipped a grown man to the ground during a holdup flame the fires of gossip all around IBS and as far as Roman was concerned let them believe whatever they wanted as long as it gave him an additional layer of security. He was fine with that. But Aerie had no security except for Roman. Ari had a string of shoplifting charges, school truancy and minor infraction as far as Roman had heard. Basically, he was a good kid from a broken home, and no one had taken him under their wing as a mentor to keep him out of trouble. Hundreds, if not thousands of kids, just like Ari, ended up at boys' schools all over the country, just like IBS. They come in naive and innocent, and they leave cold and hardened criminals. The gangster factory, Roman told Aries, is all it was. Over the course of several months, they had become inseparable and had established a routine of some sorts. Meet up before child times, eat together, read comics, play pool, ping pong, board games in the community room before lights out, and their beds weren't far apart in the same dorm. Roman had pulled whatever strings he could to look out after Airy's safekeeping with the help of a couple of the house managers who were there for the right reasons, and Roman took full advantage of that. But a pack of jackals will continue to circle the herd, patiently waiting for their chance. Sooner or later, the old, the sick, or the young ones will be vulnerable and they'll pounce. So one day when Roman couldn't find Ari, and he thought it was odd he didn't show up for dinner, he knew something was terribly wrong. He was not in his bunk. No one had seen him in the playroom, baseball field, or walking out on the quad. Roman started to feel something was going on in the dorm. Too many averted eyes when asked if they'd seen Ari, or vague answers to his questions about his whereabouts. Roman sensed a charged atmosphere. He could almost feel the crackle of electricity, an underlying hum that often accompanied when something was up in the dorm. Breaking in a new arrival, or a fight was getting ready to pop off. Some newbie getting his cherry popped, all of it not good. And this evening, Roman had the sinking feeling in his gut. It was airy. He ran down to the basement where the showers were located, but it was too late. Half a dozen of the Simon City Royals were hanging out, smoking cigarettes and laughing about something, just as Roman approached them. Roman saw the small figure of Aerie on his knees, with the older boys surrounding him, and what Roman could only imagine was some gang sexual initiation act, pleasuring the older boys and God only knows what else. Roman pushed the circle of boys out of his path. Hey, wait your turn, one kid hollered. No jumping in front, another one said. Roman threw the first punch, connecting with the jaw of the mouth that had just spoken. Then another to the throat of one kid standing directly in front of him. When Roman recognized Ari, he went berserk. He began pummeling anyone close by, punching, kicking, yelling for Ari to get up and run. Ari didn't move. One of the older kids, a gang leader, had his hand on Ari's head and pressed it to his body. He's one of us now. We're his family. We'll protect him. Like you never could, said the gang leader. Roman held out his hand to Ari. Come on, fuck them. Let's go. This isn't what you want. Come on. Roman begged him to come with him but Ari turned his head away, ashamed, embarrassed, not moving. Roman never saw the flickering eye movement and gesture from the gang leader, but all at once, all the boys were on top of Roman in a flash. The punches came fast and furious. Roman dropped to the ground trying to shield himself from the onslaught of blows, but there were too many. Roman came to in the medical first aid clinic on campus. The admin didn't think his injuries were severe enough to warrant a trip to the hospital at Indianapolis, even though he had lost consciousness. Or more importantly, that might spark an investigation by the hospital into the goings-on at IBS, which had a history of shoddy medical treatment and mysterious deaths leading to unmarked graves and unreported runaways. Roman was given some aspirin and a cup of water. Cuts on his face were cleaned and treated, and he was sent back to his dorm, expected to be at work the following day. As winter rolled in with its icy, cold blast of arctic air, Roman stood in formation with the other boys in front of their dorms, shivering as his feet turned into blocks of ice. The sharp wind slicing through the thin state uniforms, his pea coat offering little protection. As his eyes watered from the bitter cold, he stood like the rest, staring at Mr. Clack, the worst of all the house managers. He was a sadistic bastard that bathed in the sufferings of his charges. Known by all the boys to be a class one predator, with a voracious, appetite for shorties, the youngest of the boys incarcerated. Clack would tolerate nothing short of total domination, and he had it in for Roman, and a few others that wouldn't bend to his will. Roman glanced up and stared at the window on the second floor where he could see Airy looking down at him. The boys' eyes were dark and hollow no longer the same kid who had climbed up into Roman's barber chair a year ago. Airy had been hand-picked by Clack to become his personal pet, and he had used the royal gang leader to make it happen. That's how things worked in there. Airy was excluded from drills and marches doled out as punishment. No more standing in the frigid cold or pelting rain for little Airy, Roman thought. He could only imagine the kind of hell the little guy was suffering through now. I'd kill myself, Roman said silently before he'd suffer the same. But another thought kept percolating up inside his head these last few weeks. Escape. Clack barked at the formation to turn right and start marching around the quad as the snow began to blow through the lines of boys. They would march as long as Clack got satisfaction from their torment. No matter what old man winter threw their way, the worse the conditions, the harder Clack grew. As their formation began its turn and the snow falling became a blizzard, Roman's mind screamed, Run. Without a second's hesitation, Roman stepped out of formation and disappeared in the snowy blizzard storm. He dipped behind the large evergreens and stopped to listen for any alarm called out. But there was none. Almost impossible to see the fading formation of black pea coats and blue pants marching back to the dorm building. Roman guessed anyone that cared enough to look up would find it equally as difficult to see him. Most of the time, all the boys just stared down at the ground to keep pace with the boots in front of them, not looking anywhere else. And that's what Roman had counted on. He took off like a jackrabbit, skirting the dorms and headed to the large barn by the farm. He thought that was a pretty safe place to hide to get his bearings and catch his breath. The cows would be corralled inside, and all the boys that worked the farm would be either at the chow hall or in their dorms, especially on a night like this. It was warm inside the barn. A collective heat from all the cows worked better than their radiator did in the dorm. Roman cautiously looked around, making sure no one was in there as well. After deciding nothing but the cows were his company, he relaxed a little shaking his head in disbelief. What had he done? Should he run back to his dorm and act like he was not feeling well? Try and pull off some good excuse for dropping out of formation without permission? Yeah, right. Roman knew the consequences for that offense. Clack would offer the wooden paddle treatment or allow Roman to forego his punishment if he would instead be a Good boy, do as he was told, no doubt, requiring Roman to spend the night with Clack attending to his twisted needs. Screw that, Roman said aloud, causing a few of the cows to eyeball their intruder suspiciously for talking out loud. He made a plan to take off at first light and run through the plowed fields toward the tree line and the heavily wooded acreage that surrounded the campus. Roman wasn't positive that there wasn't a fence of some sort in the woods, but no one had ever seen one or mentioned there being one, unlike three-fourths of the property that had a high 12-foot razor wire fence to discourage little punks like himself from jackrabbiting off the premises. He'd just have to roll the dice and see. And once out into the world, he'd need to get to a phone, call his old friend Jeff, and try to secure a ride. Or maybe, since he was an outlaw fugitive now, maybe he'd just borrow a car and head south. Florida was absolutely balmy this time of the year. Maybe look up Ange, see what the deal was. He pulled his peacoat tight against his face and tried to get some sleep with his back literally up against the wall. Before dawn broke over the gray skies... The storm had tapered off to reveal a winter wonderland covered in a foot of fresh, pristine snow. Roman hadn't gotten much sleep, worried that any minute the doors of the barn would bust open and the red vests would tear the place apart looking for him. The red vests were a group of the oldest boys, supposedly the honor unit, That due to their best behavior, they were allowed to prowl the entire school grounds unaccompanied by any adult supervision like the house managers. Roman knew that was all bullshit. They were the exact opposite of honor. More apt to say goon squad as far as Roman had noticed over the past year. Imagine your high school football team varsity starting players wearing red vests over their street clothes. They rode around in old pickup trucks and forcing the iron fist of IBS in a way that kept the admin from getting directly involved in any violent interactions. When the red Vest captured a boy trying to make a run for it, they could beat the shit out of him and it was classified as boys just get into a tussle. Whereas if admin were to do the same, they would face severe scrutiny and blowback from the board. So the red vests acted as the wolves that kept the sheep in line. In reality, they were just a bunch of mean-ass punks that thoroughly enjoyed beating the crap out of kids whenever they could. Roman took one last look around, peeking out the rear of the barn, but didn't see a soul. He thought he could make the tree line in an all-out run before anyone saw him. Then he'd disappear into the woods. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, he said under his breath and took off. The new snow had made it more difficult than he had imagined, and his speed was suffering greatly. As Roman worked his legs furiously, trying to go as fast as he could, the plowed field was frozen, and the dirt clods were like sharp-edged rocks, making it impossible for him to keep his balance. Every time he fell, the frozen clods of earth cut his hands and tore at his clothes, Only another hundred yards, and he'd be in the woods, safe. The growl of a powerful engine split the cold, crisp morning air, and Roman didn't even have to look back to know it was them, the Red Vest Boys. His lungs were burning from the freezing air pumping through his chest as he willed his body to stay upright and move faster. Another fifty yards, then the cover of the woods. He'd take off like a deer pursued by a pack of dogs, for that's all they were. The pickup truck was gaining rapidly. There were boys leaning out the windows, yelling and taunting Roman to run as fast as he could. He couldn't resist. He had to turn and look back. He saw that there were even red vests in the back of the truck as well, maybe five or six altogether. Their eyes, wild with excitement, at the prospect of what's to come. The yelling and the jeering heightened as they drew closer, closing the gap between predator and prey. Roman had fallen once more, and as he struggled to regain his footing, the pickup truck was now alongside. The passenger door flew open as the truck was still moving, knocking Roman to the frozen ground. He rolled over, ready to kick out at the first red vest that jumped him. But that was all he could do before the truck's occupants fell on top of Roman like wolves tearing into a stray calf. He was so cold he could barely feel the blows. Roman was exhausted from struggling to run over the frozen field of jagged ice and dirt clods, and he almost welcomed the abuse. He remembered biting a fist and clenching down on it for all he's worth, tasting the blood in his mouth and thinking at least he had drawn blood before a boot to his head made the world go black. Once again, Roman had regained consciousness as his body shivered uncontrollably. Looking down at his pale figure, only wearing his underwear, laying on top of a gray woolen blanket that felt as rough as sandpaper, Roman tried pulling the blanket over his body for warmth, when a loud voice crackled over the intercom. Don't even think about it, the voice bellowed in a bare eight-by-six-foot cell of concrete and steel. No getting under the blanket until lights out, the voice informed Roman. His head still ringing from the beating and not sure who was speaking, he thought maybe he was hallucinating, and he continued to crawl under the bristle-lichen blanket. Then a sharp beep followed by a clicking sound as the steel door opened and two real-life prison guards appeared inside. Didn't you hear us? One of the guards barked. He reached down and plucked Roman off the bunk like a rag doll and deposited him on the cold concrete floor. In less than a minute, they had remade his bed and once again told him he wasn't allowed under the blanket until lights out. Roman curled up on the steel chair, bolted to the steel desk that was bolted to the concrete wall. He held his pounding head in his hands, desperately willing the pain to go away. One of the guards returned with a small white cup with two pills inside and a plastic glass of water. Here you go, for your head. We are just waiting for you to wake up, the guard commented as he handed Roman the cup. His throat was so dry, he could barely swallow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You can lay on your bunk, just not under the covers Roman injected. Yeah, I got it, he added. Hey, hey, smartass, just play by the rules, kid, and you'll be out of here in no time. Those 30 days will fly by, the guard added, and closed the door with a loud click. Roman limped over to the bed and curled up in a fetal position, pulling his sore knees to his chest. No doubt, this was the notorious house of detention everyone was always going on about. Lockup. Solitary. Confinement. The hole. Roman had only heard the rumors, tales from a few of the boys that didn't follow the rules. Fuck's sake, they never mentioned how fucking cold it was in here as he shivered to the bone. Eventually, the minutes and the hours passed, and the voice on the intercom blared, Lights out! And the overhead fluorescent lights went black. Roman's cue that he was now allowed to get under the covers. He pulled a stale-smelling white sheet and wool blanket over his head and rolled up as tight as he could, trying to generate some warmth. As he began to recall the events that had led up to this point, his eyes filled with tears, and he couldn't stop crying. What had he done? Was this all he had now, he wondered? Alone in a small concrete box? Wearing nothing but his underwear? He recalled one of the guards had said 30 days. The last few hours felt like an eternity how is he going to last 30 days now lost in the darkness of complete despair he curled tighter and tighter into the smallest of space praying to a god he didn't believe existed to disappear from this world Thank you for listening to Shadow Life, The Roman Files. And if you'd like to help support this podcast, please consider clicking on the Support the Show button and make a small donation. A portion of the proceeds will go to those in need of mental health services like the Trevor Project and Brain and Behavioral Research Foundation.